FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we are excited, as always, to have joining us now Rich Lowry, national columnist and former editor-in-chief of the National Review. Good morning, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Great. Great to have you on the show. Um, Rich, let's start out with, of course, this horrific situation of what just happened in Israel with the Hamas attack. Um, And I know you've written a column about this, about uh, people talking about colonialism in regard to Israel. Can you talk about this that issue to start out with? Yeah. I, I mean, the idea that indigenous people who have roots in this land going back to Abraham are the colonizers is ridiculous. I mean, Zionism, if you want to be flip about it, uh, is really the Ben and Jerry's plan, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. they, they were there, and uh, they were dispossessed, uh, ancient Israel was, and they went back. And they didn't go back to create an outpost for Russia or Germany, you know, and colonize um, this, this area, you know, for commercial purposes for the mother country. No, they're escaping the mother country because the mother country yeah. didn't want them. And they, they went back to a place where they'd had a continuous presence, again, for, for thousands of years, and were willing at that key juncture in 1948 to have a, a two-state solution with the Palestinians, of course, the, or, or the Arabs, as they were called then, and they... They rejected it and immediately waged war on Israel. And what war Israel's done, you know, in, in key junctures, 67, 73, and then 48 as well, is, is, is successfully defend itself in the defensive wars to try to, where savagery is, we're trying to wipe it from the, from the map. You know, so, yeah. sorry, excuse us, guys. You know, we're, we're going to survive which they have, and, you know, it doesn't mean that you need to agree with everything that Israel's done. It doesn't mean that you need to agree with the, the settlement policies. But the idea that if it were surrounded by Switzerland, um, it, it'd, have, it'd have major problems with Switzerland, you know, be trying to uh, take Switzerland's land, you know, it's just ridiculous. They just they, they, they built a thriving society there and want to live in peace and are surrounded by people who are desperate, um, you know, not just to – you know, fight over some territory here or there, but to destroy the state. And if they destroy Israel, uh, all, of it, all of Israel will be subjected to what we saw over the weekend. You know, it, it would be uh, an ugly scene. It would be the, the, the worst pogrom you've ever seen. And, and that's what really it was over, over the weekend. That This was an anti-Jewish act. It wasn't just an anti-Israel act. If uh, the, those Hamas terrorists could, you know, get to Brooklyn... Uh, they do the same thing to Jews living in the United States. They, they're, they're Jew haters, um, uh, pure and simple, and no society would uh, tolerate what happened, and Israel hasn't, shouldn't, and won't. Rich, how much should we be worried about just what you just talked about? We, we've had this flow. Millions of people are coming across the border illegally. We know some of them are here to, to flee war-torn countries, communist regimes, whatever it may be. But if we let just through a tiny number of people who may be involved with as a sleeper cell or something, how worried should we be about that? something like that happening here, as you just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, it's a really bad policy to have a de facto open border for a certain set of, of migrants really having no, no idea you know, who they are, why they're coming here. So we should worry about it. I don't think it's you know like the foremost security threat the country's facing, but it certainly should be a worry and is yet another reason that we should just secure the border, which is entirely in our power. 
if the political will exists, but of course it doesn't. Well, they, and they actually, um, I'm, I'm not sure where I read it yesterday, but they're talking about Hezbollah working with the Mexican cartels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if that doesn't perk your ears up, no, nothing will. Yeah, yeah, especially, I mean, you know, it doesn't make a lot of the national news, but, um, you know, we have the border chief uh, in quite often to talk to us with the northern border, and he said, no, the people that are sneaking across the border up here are the ones that know they can't come in the southern border. So um, while it may not be the large numbers, the numbers that come through uh, from Canada quite often can be more deadly. Uh, oh, that's interesting. And, and uh, he, he really doesn't sleep at night. Uh, he's he's uh, very, very uh, candid. Wow. Yeah. Rich, what did you think? Uh, I watched President Biden's speech yesterday. I thought it was okay, said the right words. What did you think of it? You know, it's 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 fine, and a statement from over the weekend was fine as well. You just wonder: is a state is his own State Department listening? If they are listening, how long will they take it seriously? Because we've just seen this rhythm of these sort of events uh, over and over again, and this is this is bigger than the past, obviously, where there's some hideous attack on on Israel. Everyone's appalled by it. And then Israel goes and does something about it. And war you know, is inherently uh, violent. It's not antiseptic. And you have these terrorist forces that hide their weapons, catches, fighters, headquarters, all the rest of it, in really sensitive civilian sites because they, they want civilian casualties. They want horrific images to play on the international um, media to undermine what Israel's doing. And we, we haven't seen a lot of that yet, but give it a week or two. Um, so I think that's that's a, a big worry, and then also you know if we have American hostages, what you know this is a hostage crisis. What, what are we going to do about it? And uh, you know there are people who defend the Iran deal. Well, we gave them what, billions of dollars with this prisoner exchange, uh, and they say, well, look, it, it's 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 distributed. It can only be used for humanitarian purposes. Uh, do you think that's accurate, or are does did, did that did that move help Iran? Uh, enable Hamas to do this. Yes, I wouldn't say that because we did that, that's why we, we saw this attack. I think that goes too far and is too simplistic. But are, are, are we funding a regime that at the very least is morally complicit in this attack, which, which uh, killed and kidnapped Americans? Yes, of course. And the, and the more significant source of funding, as, as many folks have pointed out now, is the oil revenue. It, it would had sunk considerably. I mean, the, the regime was almost out of uh, reserves of hard currency under President Trump's maximum pressure policy. Um, immediately when they get in, Biden takes the, the pedal off the metal there, and the oil revenues have been flowing in. And uh, of course, that's used uh, for purposes such as this one. Now, we, we don't know exactly how involved Iran was, right? The Wall Street Journal actually reports Hamas says that they, they greenlit this thing. You know, they, they pushed the button for it. At, at the end, you had the Wa- Washington Post story yesterday that said they're involved in the, the planning and the training, um, but, but didn't go so far to say that they, they actually had kind of, uh, they could push the button on whether this was a go or not. Whatever it is, it's terrible, and that, that regime is clearly you know, a dangerous enemy of the United States and the succession that both Obama and Biden have, have had and kind of bringing it in from the, from the cold and, and cutting deals with it is perverse. Now, everybody says we don't want to bring politics into this. And, of course, the biggest thing is we're concerned about what's happened in Israel, what's happened to all those poor people, the people kidnapped, including our own citizens, and 
how it might impact maybe even, hate to say it, but a powder keg problem in the Middle East where this turns into World War III. But we can't ignore the politics of it in the U.S. presidential election. Um, I know, I think you have said that you think this actually benefits President Trump because he can say, hey, I was president, this stuff wasn't going on. But at the same time, doesn't it also demonstrate that we can't just withdraw from the world as some want us to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree with both of those points. With Trump, I mean, you can just point to the record. You know, these things, Ukraine wasn't invaded on his watch, and this, this kind of thing didn't happen on his watch. And maybe that's uh, an, an accident, but there, there's some strong chance it's because he had established a U.S. deterrent again. People feared him because they didn't quite know what he would do, and he was willing uh, to take risks. You know, he, he killed Soleimani, right, yeah. which a lot of people thought would, would lead to a total conflagration, conflagration excuse me, in the Middle East, and it didn't. So um, I, I think this, not that he needs a lot of help in the Republican primaries at the moment, but it help him, helps him in the primary and potentially in the general election as well. And then I agree, you know, if you look at what people have said about Ukraine, um, you know, if, if you care about Ukraine, you care about Ukraine's borders more than their own borders. This, this funding is going to Ukraine, and it could be better used to secure our border or to build infrastructure here or to stop freight trains from crashing or whatever it is. could just as easily apply to, to everything we do for, for Israel. You know, if, if you're going to use those populist arguments, why can't you say to, to everyone supporting Israel right now, oh, you care about Israel's borders? more than our own. You know, why is it so exercised by a foreign country's borders? Look at all this aid we've given them for, all, for decades now. You know, that could have built, built bridges or, you know, built the wall. So I, I think all those arguments are, are dumb and, and unworthy. And the reasons to, um, you know, want to limit our commitment to Ukraine, legitimate reasons, I, I don't agree with them, um, legitimate arguments, but the, the kind of isolationist arguments we, we've had could just as easily apply to any U.S. commitment abroad and the world's a dangerous place and needs our leadership i are reminded of the, we're reminded of that almost every day well you know the other thing that i find amazing and at some point they've got to connect the dots if you just break it down as simple as oil uh i was naive i never thought that we could be independent and then it just it, it took all the money as you as you pointed out and i wanted to make sure we talked about i had no idea how much money iran has gotten just from oil and when 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 they changed our our oil policy here when biden changed it mm-hmm. it literally was opening up the the money again and as uh, i think it was dagan mcdowell pointed out putin has never invaded or done anything when oil's less than 90 dollars a barrel that's interesting it takes all the cash away from a lot of the yeah. and and it, and when and so there is a connection between ukraine and and Iran and Israel and there 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 was peace in the Middle East because they didn't have any money mm-hmm. and so I'm surprised that people haven't connected those dots yet. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Jim Kirby was on with Brett Baer was guest hosting at America's Newsroom on Fox yesterday, and they had him on. And I, I admire the way Kirby you know, he's willing to go on Fox a lot, which is which is great, and answer challenging questions. But he's asked about this, and he's just like, oh, it's supply and demand. Yeah, yeah, they're selling more to China because it's supply and demand. But the fact is because because we've limited uh, our own supply. Exactly. <laughs> we, we need everyone else's supply, and, and the, the, the rest of the supply, you know, it's not coming from Norway. It's no. coming from uh, you know, Russia and Saudi Arabia and Iran. It's but we've, we've needed it. them to pump, so that the gas prices down here will be 
uh, here in the United States will be lower. And that's just crazy. When, when we have these immense re- God-given resources under our feet, and all we have to do is exploit it and pump it and refine it and frack it and, and all that, not to do it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy on the face of it, and it's crazy because it has this geopolitical effect you're pointing out. Rich, yeah. does this does this whole thing, does this make it more likely, I know you said it, it benefits Trump in a lot of ways, but could it also benefit Nikki Haley to potentially emerge as the main challenger to Trump? Because obviously she has foreign policy experience, and she has some differences with Trump, I think, on the national stage, because I think Trump is one of those ones that would kind of withdraw yeah. from Ukraine and, uh, and, and sort of wants us to be isolationist America. Yeah, so she, she's been a forceful voice, uh, Nikki Haley and, and Pence both, for a real traditional kind of forward, forward-leaning conservative foreign policy. The, the, um, uh, and, and, and she's gained. You know, since the first debate, her trajectory has been upward, upwards, you know, not massively, but uh, n- notably. But I think that the problem is you got, I can't see her winning Iowa, um, where, where, where she is kind of in the party and, you know, what she's saying on abortion. So DeSantis seems to be the only one who could win Iowa who's not Trump. You know, he's at 13. And then, and then DeSantis has kind of fallen pretty badly in New Hampshire. You know, they're, they're all bunched up, the non-Trump candidates. But some polls showing him, like, in fourth place. And it's Nikki Haley who's in second in, in New Hampshire. And it's hard to see DeSantis winning New, New Hampshire. So if Haley can't win Iowa and DeSantis can't win New Hampshire, that's a real tough situation uh, on top of the fact that they're you know, nationally losing you know, 65 to, to 15 or something like that. So it's just, yeah, could, could, this, could this help her on the margins? Uh, is she maybe emerging as a non-Trump, main non-Trump alternative? Yeah, but just being the non-Trump alternative is not, uh, that doesn't mean a lot right now, unfortunately. But with three months left uh, before <laughs> Iowa, uh, and if other candidates fade away, I mean, there's still, couldn't, isn't there still a chance that one of the two could emerge, just kind of like everybody that doesn't want Trump says, okay, we're getting behind this one person? Yeah, I don't totally discount it. Uh, Trump's a little softer in, in Iowa and New Hampshire than he is nationally um and th- those states can break late uh iowa in 08 huckabee won iowa he started surging in uh, mid-november now i think Iowa was a little later than it was in, maybe in february it's going to be in january this year but still kind of a late break in santorum who won in 12 just barely over romney also real late break late december i think he, he started his upward trajectory so can can someone to sort of catch fire and, and voters make a decision, this is our, this is our guy or gal, and uh, could it get closer? Yeah. Uh, but you need, what you really need is like 20% of Trump's support for some reason to fade away or have been a little bit fake or soft. You know, that's just people, I, I'm with this guy, you know, damn it, you pollster, and I'm going to tell you whether I'm going to caucus or vote for him not or not. I'm telling you I support him. So you need that to be true. And then you need consolidation. So you, so you need two big things to happen that's not clear that they, they are. Possible, you know, I, I'm not saying this thing is totally done. It's possible. But uh, you wouldn't bet on it right at the moment. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, why should we care about uh, Israel's borders so much? I don't know what the benefit is we get out of Israel. Um, can you talk about that some more? Rich, why should uh, why is what's happening in Israel important to us? Yeah, well, I mean, if we just put the moral question aside, it's our most important ally. 
in in the Middle East with without Israel, um, uh, we we would we would have no uh, democratic ally in the Middle East, and all, all these actors that hate Israel also uh, desperately hate us uh, as as well. And you know, if if Hamas or Hezbollah got its way and wiped Israel from the map and uh, took over that territory, you'd have a, a, a terrorist state, a, a large, not just a, you know, a, a sub-state the way Hezbollah is or Hamas is, but a, a no-kidding terror state in, in the Middle East. And if, if they had the capability, they would, they would attack us. It's just, it's just it's very hard. It's easier to do it with Israel. But as we saw as I, with ISIS, you know, the, when, when these kind of actors um, get big and um, if, if they're left alone enough, to um, develop their capabilities, they they come they they come here, and the, I, I believe the same would be true of a Hamas or a Hezbollah. And we have obviously many millions of Jewish residents who would be at risk. We've already seen mm-hmm. anti-Semitic attacks sure. on yep. people here in the country, even now. Yep. Um, Rich, what um, the speaker's race? It is there is thought that there's going to be a vote by the Republicans today, right? Yeah, so we'll see. I, I've not f- followed this extremely closely in the sense that I've been uh, talking to people in the House about it every day. I'm just reading the, the media, so I, I probably don't know anything that you don't know, but it seems as though you know, n- no one's going to have a um, majority. You have Steve Scalise, who's kind of the, the traditional kind of insider-type candidate. He's uh, a jovial guy. He's well-liked across the caucus. He's been working the inside game, calling people meeting with people. He's next in line. That's usually enough, but we, we live in unusual times, as we've seen repeatedly. Jim Jordan, um, a good guy. I think you know, both these guys would be perfectly fine speakers. Uh, more of the outside game. He has a Trump endorsement, helps him with some people, hurts him with others, and there's some, some powerful media voices on the outside uh, boosting his candidacy. He'd be more, more aggressive you know, in taking the rhetorical uh, fight to, to Joe Biden. Um, but it's not clear either has a majority. And then you have McCarthy kind of hanging out there a little bit, like, you know, I'm not running, but, you know, if something happens and you need me again, maybe I'm here. And members <laughs> actually saying that uh, so, so upset about what happened last week that they're going to vote for McCarthy no matter what. So it, it creates a situation where it, it, it could be – I thought this might resolve fairly quickly because they would just be so exhausted with uh, – having dealt with this and, and the chaos and want to move on, but it's a, uh, there's a chance there's just there's no consensus and it drags on for a while. Could you see any possibility, as you mentioned, where it does break down and somebody puts McCarthy's name in motion, and again, the only way he gets it is he'd have, have to get some of the Gates 8 to break and come back to McCarthy. You see yeah, a possibility I mean, that I could, could see really him getting happen? getting majority of the conference again, but the problem is he'd have to go on the floor, and some of those eight... Uh, who, who voted against them would have to come along, and I just don't that that that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't see any yeah. way that, that McCarthy could win him back. Rich, do you do you think there's anything to McCarthy losing the race last week or getting you know getting booted out essentially? Do you think he believed the Democrats were going to save him? He had to know these Gates eight were going to vote against him. Yeah. Do you? He, he has said that Nancy Pelosi said to him yep. during the January thing. You know, look, go ahead and give the mo- let it be one member that can vacate and, you know, I'll back you up. I'll always be there with you. Do you think he believed that a few Democrats would keep him in place and then they did nothing but 
or do you think they were doing nothing but creating mischief and chaos for the Republicans? I, I think he did believe it. I mean, he's, he said it, right? He, he told us that, that thing about Pelosi and the way he and his allies reacted when there was no Democratic support. You know, Patrick McHenry, he's the guy who uh, slammed the gavel down after McCarthy was, right. was ousted. He's a key McCarthy lieutenant, a really thoughtful and impressive guy. He's, he's not, like, in the, into the petty politics of retribution, but the first thing he does is take away Nancy Pelosi's little hideaway office. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether she should have it or not, but clearly he was, he was pissed and felt betrayed. So I do think they, they thought they might have some Democratic support. But at the end of the day, you know, the opposing party never votes for the opposing the other party speaker. It just doesn't. So if that was the expectation or that's what he needed, um, that, that was uh, n- not something to rely on. All right, Rich Lowry, thank you so much for being on the Morning Drive today. We always love it when you come on, so thanks so thanks much. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. All the yeah. best. Thanks for coming up. Thanks. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines, and then Rob Roper's in the house. We're going to chat uh, um, clean heat and the shell game. It's going to be interesting right here. Keep it. Keep it right.